You are listening to Forward, a podcast of island readers and writers. This is your host, Taylor Mace. I am here today with Deborah Lay. She is the president of the board of directors of Island Readers and Writers, and she is the new library director at Vos Library. Deborah, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Taylor. That sounds so wonderful when you say it like that. <laughs> well, it's just the truth. <laughs> Those are just the facts. <laughs> Um, Deborah has been on our board for several years and became um, the president this past January. And Deborah was the former principal at Jonesport Elementary School in Maine uh, before um, moving to Massachusetts, where she was a principal. And now she is at Vos. Um, Deborah, could you tell us about your? career path from teacher to administrator to now library director. Yeah, I, I would be happy to. And again, thanks for inviting me. Um, let's see. Well, uh, you know, I've really been in education for 26 years, and most of that was in Massachusetts. Uh, I was a teacher, assistant principal, principal, as you mentioned, and I've been a principal or any of the other things I just mentioned in pre-K through eight. Um, that setting for um, most of my educational career though was at the middle school level and yet in 2014 my husband and I decided to relocate to Maine uh, because we had always enjoyed vacationing here and we just loved the way the state welcomed us even every time we came over that border so we of course had some criteria for the move we were in search of a town with three things. They had to have high-speed internet, no stoplights, and we were seeking a home on the water, and we found that in Jonesport. And, um, but career-wise, I also found much more than that. Um, the local elementary school was looking for a new principal, as you just mentioned, and it was just exactly the right time. And so I applied and accepted the uh, Jonesport Elementary School principalship in July of 2014 and it was just a perfect meld of my past middle school and elementary administrative experience and um, I was just enamored by the grade span because having students in one place for 10 years for most of them uh, it was just a model that drove away a lot of the social obstacles for children and my doctoral dissertation in educational leadership had focused on the um, topic of bullying. And so one of the overarching themes of student struggle in schools was, is, is actually the correlation between the frequency of transitions and the possibility of bullying. So in other words, um, these pre-K through eight settings really help to decrease the number of times children have to change schools throughout their education and the prevalence of social aggression and bullying is decreased significantly. So this setting was just perfect for um, where I had been. And um, again, the welcome we got in Down East was, it was, um, it was touching. 
The spark I felt at JES, Jonesport Elementary School, really inspired me to uh, take a second look at our school library. Uh, it was desolate, dusty, and needed a lot of TLC. So I gathered uh, parents and grandparents, teachers and students, and together we really created a, a great library team. And we transformed that, that space into something captivating. Um, Stephen, Stephen and Tabitha King, their funding supported a total rehab in terms of the physical space uh, as well as the collection. And I just fell in love with that whole process of library. Um, How did you first hear about Island Readers and Writers? That's a great question. So it wasn't long after um, I landed in Jonesport as principal that um, Jan Copes from none other than IRW visited me and she asked uh, my permission, I will never forget this, my permission to bring an author to our students at JES. And I thought, what is going on? Do people say no to that ever? That's just <laughs> not. <laughs> so the next thing I knew, um, you know, first year there, Sharon Creech was sitting with our students for a day-long intimate program, and it knocked my socks off. Um, here I was brand new, and I had the honor of saying that Sharon Creech was in my building as a principal. I saw kids' faces light up. They had been reading her book, and I, I had been in the business for 20-something years, and I had never, ever seen an author do what Sharon did that day with kids and just felt what those kids felt after she visited. Um, and we just had a steady stream of authors and illustrators visiting our students and delivering personally signed books to each one. And then, um, you know, you're not until you're in Washington County, you don't really see that this program um, is giving to children who would otherwise have experienced really a literacy uh, desert um, in their homes. And part of the reason, again, I felt compelled to transform our school library was that we had a responsibility to engage children in a rich diet of literacy. And along with what we had done with the library, IRW was feeding that diet. So it was, it was a great partnership. We continue to build a literacy rich space in our school for all our students pre-K through eight. And then it wasn't long after that that I decided, wow, I really, I really am liking this library world. And so I decided that a master's degree in information and library science was just what I needed. Uh, so I was going to try to find my way into the library world as a profession. So that's how I have um, ventured into this, I would say second career from a public school teacher, administrator, to now the library world. And this charming library in Union, Maine, this position opened up and, you know, sometimes just like Jonesport Elementary, these things fall out of the sky. And I, I saw the position and I thought, wow, that feels like it was written for me. So here I am, I'm thrilled to be here. You know, we're at Island Readers and Writers, of course, um, are all about libraries and of course your your pre-k through eight background 
but can you tell me how how learning um, getting that master's and and going deep into library science how that is is helping you to shape your role as our board president mm, sure <laughs> so I really see the roles working really synergistically um, for sure, because it's not just a one way street. Um, IRW is, it's just a fabulously rich resource for me as a library director. And so um, even though I began this new career path just a few months ago, I can already see the connections in terms of the richly vetted authors uh, and books that IRW represents. Um, and that's a gift to a library director. When I begin to, to research um, our collection here, and I'm just starting to do that, I'm only a month in here. Uh, when I look at it more closely, I wanna make sure I include authors that we might not otherwise have, that I know that have been sort of tried and true through IRW's process. And, um, you know, I'm sure uh, we're going to be able to continue to um, be a, a launch pad, IRW that is, as the board president, I'll put that hat on for a minute, for many authors to come. And I've seen in my short time with the organization, I've seen so many authors uh, as a launch pad, right? And so we bring so many books to kids and we um, bring these authors along and illustrators and then the next thing you know, they're winning awards and they're, they're really um, in, in the limelight. And for the most part, if you look back, some of their starts were with IRW and that is so very exciting. Um, so I see these roles working together and I, I think my presidency um, is the source of information for my library director role, not the other way around. Um, and I'm very, very grateful for both positions. As a lifelong educator, administrator, and now librarian, obviously, you know, anyone who involved with IRW sort of must love books. Um, <laughs> what do you see as, as the value of IRW programs, as you mentioned, um, in sort of that that environment um, in Washington County and that we see in other um, remote areas of Maine? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I don't think our Washington County schools are, um, I don't think they're very, they're curriculum deprived, but I do think that teachers do their best to have classroom libraries, um, but, those things sort of become stagnant after a while. And so the, the richness that comes from IRW is that we're bringing fresh authors, fresh illustrators, or authors with fresh books, um, illustrators with fresh books to children. And there's a constant cycle of renewal each time um, and author visits and teachers get rejuvenated and you know with with um, the right leadership the whole school's involved and 
it becomes a celebration uh, of literacy and uh, oh, there's just nothing like it. It's really magical. It really is. Now we at Island Readers and Writers know how very important libraries are to communities and back in March when um, pretty much everyone had to shut their doors due to the pandemic. Um, you know, we saw libraries try around our area trying to figure out how to still serve their communities. How are you all at Vos Library handling those challenges? Yeah, it's a great question. Here we are, right? Um, who, who would have thought that in a time when there is such high unemployment, I would have stepped into a library director role. Um, but it, it, again, I, you know, these things, this path is an interesting one. Um, and when I landed here, um, we were closed, we're still closed, and a curbside pickup had just started as I accepted the position. And then I needed to quarantine for, for two weeks. So I didn't actually step into the library until July 7th. And curbside pickup was well underway by then. And, uh, you know, we check in with our patrons um, when they actually do drive up and place a phone call and say, I'm here to pick up my item. And we, you know, we, we poke our heads out and place things out on the chair out front. And, uh, you know, we try to make those connections, give them a wave, ask them how they're doing. Um, we're all doing our best to keep that distance. And yet we're human beings, right? So it's just a really odd time to change careers and begin a new job. Um, I, I really haven't felt that true sense of servicing the public with the lack of personal contact, but um, do my best to do that step outside and answer all the phone calls. And um, so, you know, those conversations are from a distance and I think we're all just trying to find a way to still socialize, but not be in close proximity. Um, our summer reading program just finished up and we did that via Zoom and we had kiddos participating in read alouds and crafts and science journaling. So that was great. We gave some prizes away yesterday and um, I'm so super excited about the number of minutes some of these kids can declare that they've read so far this summer. So that's all good. Um, and then moving forward, we're just gonna play it safe. Um, we're gonna probably have a partial opening, but we're gonna wait and see what the local schools give us once they start to open after September 8th. Um, the last thing we wanna do here at VOS is to open up and then have to close again. So we're gonna keep a, a careful eye on um, the end of high tourist season and see what bring what numbers are lurking around Knox County at that time. So then we'll make some sensible decisions. That's, that's how we're gonna rock and roll here at Vos. Growing up, what are some books that helped shape your childhood or, or books that you think of um, that you read as a kid? Hmm. Well, I had mentioned a little earlier um, in this interview that, you know, I had a real passion for uh, social aggression, bullying, and kind of stamping that out. And that's why my doctorate was focused on that. And I was really thinking about, you know, what was influencing me um, early on. 
And I think about when I was, you know, late elementary, just maybe going into middle, middle school, and I was a chubby kid, really chubby kid. And I think, you know, Judy Bloom was my, mm. my go-to. And I was thinking about the book Blubber. And, you know, there are certain things in your life when you take long enough to think back, um, because sometimes I just keep going like a gerbil wheel, right? And you don't stop and ponder. And I was really pondering, what was it about that book? And I think I saw myself in it. And I, you know, not to the degree that the character was being bullied, of course. I, you know, I didn't feel like I had been bullied as a child, but just found myself in that character. And I think that's what books can do. And it's about getting the right books in, in, in kids' hands and giving them that diverse perspective and um, kind of getting lost in it so that you can then again find yourself. So there was something in that that also helped put some parameters around the future for me. And, you know, when I was doing my dissertation and I was interviewing teachers, what I had done was interviewed teachers who were bullied as ch uh, children and then had a responsibility to help children in schools because now they were teachers. And I just clearly remember interviewing some people who they were making fists and I had tears. And, you know, these are, these are um, experienced people who broke down in front of me when I was asking them to think back about, you know, those middle years mm -hmm. and, and how things felt to them. And so when you ask about, you know, an influential kind of book from childhood, I think that's a long way of saying, I guess Judy Bloom was my hero <laughs> back in middle school. <laughs> I think a lot of um, middle school girls would say that, yeah. you know, that I um, loved her books and, and still do. So, and mm -hmm. obviously she's still very relevant. Um, yeah. So that says a lot about her and her, her writing. Uh, do you have any other favorite picture books or middle grade novels, either that you read as a kid or, or now that you've, you've really loved? Well, I have to say that <clears throat> I think I'm in love with Gary Schmidt. I've never oh, met no. him. I've never, and I am oh, so eager to meet him. The best. Um, and so I'm jealous of anybody that has met him. Okay, Taylor. Uh, but <laughs> Sorry I'm, to rub it in. <laughs> but I so want to meet him because his personality comes out in his writing so clearly. I love, love, love his wit. Mm -hmm. And um, he is somebody that, um, you know, when I was in a school, I would often say to kids, hey, have you ever tried, you know, this book or that book? And how about OK for Now or Wednesday Wars? You know, so he's just, um, he's clever. He's very clever. Uh, so he's one of my favorites. And then when I landed here at Vos, I went right into the children's room and I thought, where's Ashley Bryan? Do we have Ashley Bryan in here? And I took out Beautiful Blackbird and I thought, okay, my heart can rest just a little. We may have to get some more, but at least he's here. Um, and you know, I went home that night and I YouTubed, um, uh, beautiful blackbird and there is a clip of him reading the book and um, <clears throat> I dare say only Ashley Bryan can read beautiful blackbird mm. it is absolutely amazing to hear 
the way his voice, um, uh, what he does with his voice when he reads that book. And it makes much, much, much more sense when you hear him reading. So that's wow. a favorite. Well, thank you for that tip. Oh, yeah. I'll have to go mm -hmm. find that video and um, share it with our audience because yeah. that, that sounds like a treat. It's phenomenal. Well, thank you so much, uh, Deborah Lay, for joining me today on Forward. And I know um, the Vose Library is lucky to have you, as is IRW, leaving its board. listening to Forward, a podcast of Island Readers and Writers. Get our new episodes every other Wednesday by subscribing to Forward on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. For more about Island Readers and Writers programs, visit www.islandreadersandwriters.org.